Welcome to the Farm Advisory Service podcast. My name's Donald Dunbar and I work for SEC Consulting in the Scottish Borders. Today I'm visiting John Prentice. John is a livestock farmer, beef cattle and sheep in the Scottish Borders. His land lies on the Eyewater River, which lies in the Pease Bay and Eyewater priority catchment for diffuse pollution. So a number of years ago we looked at putting in a couple of different watering systems on the Eyewater just to test them, to see how they worked. And so the two that we're going to look at here is a solar-powered system and an animal-powered system. I'm standing next to the solar pump, uh, which uh, is located right next to the eye water. And with me uh, is farmer John Prentice. So, John, we're standing right next to the water course where the abstraction point is. How, how did you find creating that abstraction point? Was it, uh, was it quite easy to do and uh, how long did it take you to do? It was fairly simple. We dug a trench um, about five feet long coming from the river's edge and um, the first thing to do was put the vertical pipe in which was going to hold the pump and um, hold the clean water and then there was a, a liner went down the edge of the hole along the bottom and up the other side near the river's edge that liner and that hole was filled with um, could say field stone heavier field stone to stop getting washed away and then near the vertical pipe further from the river it was filled with a finer gravel um, and that part was fairly simple that would take me half a day, half but a day. I do like to try and get things right. So, yeah. Yeah. And the geotech's lining is, is there to try and stop sediment and other small bits of debris from getting into the chamber? Yes, you, you, want, you really want the, field, the, the river water to be channelled from the river straight into your vertical pipe holding the pump. You don't want it getting mixed with the soil yeah. from either side and the silt on the riverbeds. You want to stop that silt and keep it keep the water as clean as you can and the geotech liner was even folded over the top as well of the rocks um, in an effort to stop um, flood water silt getting down into the I hole see. as well yeah so we have a, a post here on which you've got two solar panels so the uh, uh, control box is also mounted on that post uh, nice uh, quite a high position just to keep it away from the from the cattle how, how long did it did it take you to you know erect the uh, solar panels and and lay out the pipe work and put the trough in that took a bit longer than digging i think partly because we hadn't done this before so this was a, a test really um it would, it would it would take the best part of a day fiddling about for me to be honest yeah um, and we had to fence it off as well from the cattle as well because the control box and the wiring shouldn't really be accessible to cattle. So the solar pump in this situation is only powered by the solar panel. Uh, so the, the downside of that is that it only works when there's sufficient daylight. How did we overcome the problem of uh, being able to have enough water for the amount of cattle uh, you have in this field. We put in large water tanks is the main buffer really um, so that the pump will run through the daylight hours and put enough water in the tank so that 
um, the number of cattle we have can fill themselves up first thing in the morning without emptying the tank. So we've got a field on each side of the river. The upper tank that the pump feeds to then flows back to the other tank uh, on the other side of the river. So you're getting two fields fed by the one system. Yes, uh, I thought that was quite a clever idea and it seems to have worked fairly well. The pipe has to cross the river obviously and handily for us we've got a water gate here we can just take the pipe over the top so that simplifies our situation. The solar panels drive the actual solar pump. There's no battery uh, in between um, so there is a, a, an alternative system where the solar pump actually charges a, a, a battery, a deep cycle battery, and then the battery actually runs the pump rather than the solar panel. This system could have a battery put in with it and that would allow pumping of water during uh, hours of darkness. And it would also allow uh, an electric fence to be run if you were uh, needing to run uh, a, a wire or a couple of wires along a water course to keep them out. Let's go up and have a look at the water trough. See the water's uh, running away, the pump's running. It's a, a float switch which is wired into the solar panel, I gather. Yes, it's just um, a float switch on a flexible pipe and it's quite reliable actually, yeah. Are, are there any things you, that you might do differently with your experience of installing it the first time? Yes, I, I think perhaps to level the trough, I've um, raised the soil up a little bit too far on one side and you don't really want dirt getting into the trough because it can block the outlet, which is um, not huge. So what, to overcome that, we've put a sieve on the outlet to try and avoid it getting blocked. Otherwise, um, small frogs and tadpoles and anything else can go down the pipe and block the, um, the ball top on the lower trough. At the moment it's pumping fairly hard and it's full bore pipe. Uh, the sun's shining quite well. On a cold winter's day it runs much slower. Okay, that's great. Let's, uh, let's go and have a look at the other uh, watering system that you uh, tested for the project. So I'm standing here uh, looking at a concrete base which looks like a massive manhole cover and we've got um, three pasture pumps attached to the concrete base. That, that's uh, a novel design, I haven't seen that before. Yes, it was a suggestion. Um, that I received from an engineer. It's two meters in diameter and it's heavy enough so the cows can't push it around. We've kept it raised up slightly on one side, minimize poaching a bit I guess. And, and having the three pasture pumps all uh, on the one place I, I guess it addresses the concern that some people have that, that uh, the cattle tend to wander around in a group and they arrive at a drinking point all at the same time and, and you just get that kind of fighting so if there's three of them it, it, it helps uh, allow animals to get a drink. Yes it, it, that was the theory. They seem to learn quite quickly? Yes I was quite surprised they've never they had never seen a pasture pump and I could pretty soon see that they had used the pumps they seem to be naturally curious and just enjoy playing with things as much as anything. And, and as long as there's a bit of water in the bowl to begin with 
that attracts them in to drink it and then the, the act of drinking it, they're really just pushing that plunger forward a bit uh, and then when they release it, it just draws some more water in. Yes, um, the, the, the amount of water they can actually get with their initial sip is a bit frustrating for them and they will probably nuzzle the nose pad to try and get more water and just that nuzzling action pumps very successfully up the hill. I mean, it's a really simple design. Uh, cast iron, so very solid, very robust. Um, there's a big rubber diaphragm, which uh, is just between the two sections, which creates the, uh, the suction when the, the levers work. And uh, non-return valves uh, on the uh, abstraction end, just to stop uh, the water flowing back in. So again, it, the abstraction point, it, it looks very similar to the one that, we did for the, that you did for the solar pump. Yes, it's fundamentally the same. You want to avoid allowing anything to get into your vertical pipe where the pump ends are, where the water's being drawn from, because you want to keep that water clean. Um, for instance, if it's not used over winter, the water you first pump up can get rather smelly if you're letting voles get in. So where the pipes access through into the vertical pipe, uh, vertical pipe, you've got to be careful to try and seal it as best you can. I think this is quite important to not allow any air into the pipes between the pasture pumps and the river, otherwise the water will leak back gradually over time. Yeah. So um, when we did this, the seals on the pipes were quite robust. So the actual positioning of the uh, pasture pumps from the water course uh, needs to be a minimum of five metres away. Uh, and, and you've positioned yours just be, beyond where the slope of the field goes to the river. Um, uh, you've just gone beyond that so that it, it runs back into the field if, the, if there is uh, uh, any poaching that occurs around the water. Yes. Uh, the, the yes. pasture pump. Yes, that's worked quite well. Yeah. And also if we ever have to fence the river off, it doesn't mean having to move the pumps any further. Yeah. When we did the project, uh, we, we tried uh, hotspot fencing, and uh, so we, we got a, a, an electric energizer um, and uh, a single uh, rope, uh, white rope, uh, for the wire, electrified wire, and, and we just used the, the plastic electric fencing posts with a few wooden straight, uh, posts in there just to try and firm it up. Um, how effective was that? It was quite effective um, in the short term, but running cows and calves is a slight issue with electric fences because a young calf can approach an electric fence and you'd like to think it would go underneath, but sometimes it will jump up and take the fence with them. So quite and effective maybe in keeping the cows back? Keeping the cows back, yes. Yeah. And maybe in, until the calves got to a certain size, once they're two or three months old or, or more, you know, they're getting to a height where they are more likely to knock the fence over in ignorance. I guess what we're trying to do is stop the animals from accessing the watercourse and putting a stock fence, full stock fence up, Rylock, is not an option here because this area floods. Uh, so, that, so there was a concern with that. So what, what do you think is the, the happy medium? Do you think two wires or three wires would need to be on that electric fence to keep them back? I've heard various different alternatives. Um, I have a rile-up fence around one waterside field, which is only half half height. 
so it, so it allows a foot of water to get underneath. But this is not always ideal. Um, if you've got young lambs, for instance, you can't put young lambs in that field. Um, and also, certain size of sheep will just creep underneath. Um, but for cattle, it would, that would probably be a could be a solution. And, and I guess cattle are more the concern um, uh, because the, of their size, they're more likely to cause a bit of damage uh, to the bankside uh, accessing a watercourse, and of course, uh, a bit of faecal contamination uh, potentially directly in the watercourse where the sheep are, are just you know they're, they're not the same don't, don't have the same water requirement okay uh, we'll, we'll head back uh, thanks for that John okay I'll hold my dog and we'll be off so that brings us to the end of the podcast I hope you found the information useful further details can be found at the farm advisory service website There are two technical notes that have been prepared for the alternative watering. Technical note 665 and 666. I do hope that some of the information will help you to improve the water supply on your own farm. Thank you for listening.